You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. News team, assemble! For the unofficial 40 from Soonerscoop.com. Featuring site publishers Carrie Murdoch and Josh McQuistian, along with videographer Eddie Radosevich. It's the unofficial 40 on Soonerscoop.com. All right, welcome back. It is another edition, it's the Big 12 Championship edition of the unofficial 40 right here on Soonerscoop.com. We welcome in. Josh McQuistian and Eddie Radosevich, and uh, we are getting ready for a huge weekend. Uh, high school football, the Big 12 Championship going to college football playoff rankings just released uh, Tuesday night, and we're going to be all over the place this weekend. Uh, Eddie's going to be going to Waco to uh, check yeah. out quarterback commitment. Tanner Mordecai. Tanner Mordecai. My, don't cut yourself, Mordecai. Uh, Bob Prisbillo is being the real trooper this weekend. I was like, Bob... You don't have to go to Owasso Union. You can just, you know, come down to Dallas or you can stay. You don't have to come to Dallas if you don't want to. He's like, no, I want to go to both. So he's going to go up to Tulsa to cover that game, drive home, go to sleep, wake up at 530 in the morning. And I was like, dude, I'll get you a hotel in Ardmore. He's like, no, I don't want to do that. I don't know if I'd want to stay in a hotel in Ardmore either. Ardmore is a nice place, Eddie. I got a lot of it's friends getting from nice. It's getting nicer. Friends from that Ardmore. live there? Uh, you're like your age. I got a couple buddies, or one buddy that does live down there. Yeah. And what does he think of lovely Ardmore? He loves Ardmore. You know, Ardmore and Duncan have a rivalry. DJ's a good guy. You can I probably think... find him over at uh, what's it called, Country Club. Um, Dornick. Dornick, yeah. Dor- is it Dornick Hills? He's yep. he he actually is great. Course. I think I think he's actually the mayor of Ardmore. So Josh McQuiston joins us as well. Uh, Josh, good afternoon to you. Yeah, you know, my first drop-in was a uh, random golf course in uh, South Central Oklahoma. I appreciated that, though. That was a that was a good drop. Yeah, I got you. That's you know, what I'm here for. Between the three of us uh, with high school coverage this weekend, we will probably go to more games than James Hell has gone to in 10 years. Just throwing it out being there. Pretty modest. Anyway, Josh, how are you doing today? Um <laughs> I, I'm good, guys. You know, it's a, it's kind of a sad day in the McQuistion household. We, um, I just finished having some lunch and finished up the last of Thanksgiving leftovers, and that's always it's a sad day for me. You know, it's and I've had I, it, I've I, had him twice, and that's enough. There's still oh, some no. left in my refrigerator. I can't do anymore. I just can't. The the thing, I love the only thing I tire out of is turkey. I got, turkey. I have a real low threshold. Don't need a lot of turkey. But all the sides, I can do that all day. But, I mean, like, mashed potatoes don't keep. The only good mashed potatoes are fresh mashed potatoes. It's true. It's true. Uh, that is, and honestly, the problem with that is, is with Tiffany, with her pregnancy, there's still a lot of stuff she wants to eat, doesn't want to eat, that kind of thing. So 
her and her mother made an obscene amount of mashed potatoes. Like we could have fed <laughs> like the air cavalry. Like it was crazy. And so there were a lot left over and everybody's like, well, just send them home with Josh. He'll eat them. And I'm like, I don't want cold. Like, cause you're right. Like the, the texture's never right again. It's not kind of creamy. Like it's just, no. they're kind of like little ball. Like it, it's just not as good, but you know, y- you do what you can, but with dressing and obviously Eddie rep, you know, respects green bean casserole, mm. all these kind of things. I, I can keep eating those forever. And I'm one of those people that, Tiffany's like, you're still eating that? We made that like a week ago. I'm like, it's fine. I, I've never gotten sick from a leftover. I'm all good. I'm just glad no one got sick. There's no food poisoning. That that sometimes happens during the holidays. I, That's happened to me before. I've only had one bout, and that then that was that was from a pizza chain, and it was ugly. My mom tried to kill us all one year. We all got violently ill after Thanksgiving, and it was like overnight like just spewing from both ends for like Uh, three days straight like i think i I, turned green at one point i was like 21 so i had you know like i don't think most women understand how stupid we all are in our early 20s like men like we don't know how to do anything and i mean like i I don't want to make that sound like i was pretty I, i lived by myself and i had my you know do my own laundry all that stuff i was good with that but like taking care of myself, I had no ability to do that, and so I had food poisoning. And I'm like, oh my god, I'm burning up. You just get I remember, in, you just get in bed and you stay there as long as you can. This is no, this was my coping mechanism. I literally laid a towel underneath myself on my linoleum floor in my apartment um, kitchen, and was like pouring water on myself. <laughs> like I was so hot, I was like, I have to do anything to okay, make this. Okay, that's not hot. normal. That is not normal. Well, that's not normal I, I behavior. Think- I think we all know that maybe Josh is not the most normal guy around. So I have a different take on things. And that was were that's you one of the things I look back on. Like, that was stupid. Were you like that was really completely stupid. naked when you were doing this? No, no. It wasn't it wasn't like, you know, there was no crying game situation going on or anything like that. But that's it was really weird. I, I, God, I was just so miserable. And I and I didn't know why. Like I didn't even know it was food poisoning until months later. Like I just thought I'd gotten a bug. I had no idea. And I, you guys have to understand, I mean, you guys know me, like I never get sick. I'm never sick. I'm never under the weather. Tiffany tells everybody like we've been together almost 12 years now and she's never known me to have a cold like that. I mean, that just like my immune system's really strong. So when I do get sick, I have no idea what to do. I, I'm just completely lost. I can't imagine what sick Eddie is like. Never get sick. Yeah. Eddie's not, Eddie seems like a strong you, you're but you've had never, the you're a sickly guy. I've you're a viral player. I've never, uh, never get sick, never get food poison. Do you think that maybe if I say that I'm you're sick, a superhero and you're invincible and you just don't know it? By, if I say that I'm sick, I'm probably lying and just don't want to come to work. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't think of many times when you just said I can't do that. I'm sick. I don't get sick. I'll, I'll get like the cold every once in a while, but they're just you guys have lived charmed down. lives, like. You've never really had boss bosses, you can tell. Because no sane human would say, oh, I never get sick. I don't. You, you have sick days for a reason. Never no, brag see, about how you don't get the sick. Only sick. The only times that I uh, don't go to work are when the internet's out, and the internet never goes but out. But what I'm saying is you have a job where basically your bosses don't care what you do. Carrie, I was that way growing up. I literally, from the time I was in kindergarten until I graduated high well, okay, Till midway through my senior year of high school, I missed six days of school. 
And yeah, like several of the like one of those was I went to take my driver's exam. Like stuff like that that had nothing to do with sickness. Like I don't get sick. I just don't. Yeah. And so it, it, it's never and I like like and my mom always had a rule like if I got sick I couldn't go to play baseball or I couldn't go to football practice well I wanted to do all that crap and I was always playing sports so I I just did I went to school like it, it never it never occurred to me not to that um, I was about the same way I would usually get the award at the end of the year for uh, perfect attendance or whatever yep yep I was I was just wired that way uh for some reason today I'm just not I'm just, I've been all carefree. Although, when people have wanted to argue about it, I've argued. I mean, whether it's the Mike Gundy stuff or job openings, I, I've argued about the playoff stuff today a little bit. But generally, my feeling is I don't care. Like, I just, I, I feel very easygoing. I know that's not good for the podcast because, you know, everyone wants to hear us triggered. Hot takes. But I just don't. I'm not all that pissed off. I can't get myself to be that pissed off that the playoff committee did what it wanted or did what it did. It is what it is. The reti- the playoff committee is a retirement center for old folks that just need to probably die off. And that's the only, I mean, and that will happen eventually because that's what old people do. They die. <laughs> but Kirby Hoka's just a caretaker for a retirement center. That's all he is. While he runs a athletic department in, in Texas Tech that has never done anything. So, I mean... Their baseball team's pretty good. Yeah, and they, they don't do anything. They don't make any money, though. No one cares. In the end, I just don't think it matters, and that's why I can't get fired up about it. They're probably going to play Auburn, and they're probably going to play in Pasadena. At that point, what difference does it make? Yeah, and, and here's the thing. like If everybody wins out and you don't change anything... Then you're stupid. I mean, if you, I mean, if you do change things, then you're stupid. Well, and I, I, I think though that after last night, it is very clear that. Thank God for the SEC. I'm just glad that they let everybody else play college football. <laughs> I got. I was kind of thinking about this the other day. It's bad. I don't know if it's bad to say out loud, but like Tommy Tuberville did that stupid thing where he put. Was his final four? It was like Clemson, Georgia, Alabama, and, and Auburn. Auburn. Three SEC teams. He talked about other people don't play football like they do in the SEC way. It's like I just picture Tommy Tuberville as like a a modern day KKK clans leader. Like except instead of racism, it's SEC football. Like if you if you don't play SEC football, you have to drink in another water fountain. You can't use this one. It prob- that's probably the way they think. I mean, half of them are going to be voting for a uh, guy that's running for Senate that raped a bunch of girls anyways, so. Just going to let that one slide, too. I, guys, you know, we talked there's, about it last week. There's nothing that has come out of the Southeastern Conference that's good. I'm trying to think. I like Steve Spurrier. Yeah. Yeah. And how hard was he he's, trolling everybody on the Tennessee thing with Bob Stoops? That was amazing. Yeah, was I like, pretty I like, good, but I like he's Peyton, part of the problem. I like Peyton Manning. Nah, Peyton Manning hey, doesn't do much for hey, me. Hey, hey, <laughs> now we're we're going too far, Eddie. Peyton Manning's biggest problem is he's not Tom Brady. So I wish I could argue that, but literally, what does Peyton Manning win over Tom Brady? Like what? Like he's funnier. He, I think I don't think there's any question. He's funnier. He's better. He's a better Saturday Night Live host. 
Yep. Has Tom Brady ever hosted? Yeah. Has he? he has. Remember they the, did the one where... <laughs> the Manning skit where he's working with the United Way. The kids. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's the that's one of the funniest damn things I've ever seen. And I I, I, I think I would think that was really funny even if I didn't love Peyton Manning. Um, it is really good. Yeah. Uh, but... Uh, no, I mean, but like wife, nope. <laughs> you know, like real, uh, like Tom Brady's one of those dudes. Like even as a like a like the manliest dude could be like, that's a good looking dude. Like I, I get why women are attracted to him. Like it's not, it's not rocket science. Or oh, he's freaking great. He's got four Super Bowl rings. Like th- there's nothing not to like about Tom Brady. So I, I mean, like the the poll stuff. I mean, we can talk about that. But here's really Big Twelve Championship. This is this is. We we buried the lead, but the whole Gary Patterson versus Baker Mayfield is what's blowing up right now, and what everyone will be talking about leading up to the game. And I feel stupid in a way because we've all known about this since the TCU game that Baker Mayfield earhold that Nico Smalls guy during warmups, Eddie had video like of his reaction after he did it posted it online and then and then the kid came forward to say oh i've got video of him throwing the ball responding to you and now everybody's picked up on that and he's deleted it he's deleted it yeah because there were so many yesterday my timeline was full it was like the day it was like the baylor game when the entire world is asking for permission to use it so Mm -hmm. he just deleted it He's like, I don't. He, he's like, I don't. He, well, he told a couple people no, and then he just deleted it, which is kind of kind of baller. Yeah, I, can I say that I think it's the laziest storyline of all time. But when Gary Patterson speaks out about it and insinuates twice now that 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 is why Nico Small has been missing games again when lazy. he had nine tackles in the game, it's lazy. It's lazy. by the way. Did you see that Baker Mayfield may have been the person that gave him a concussion in the game? Did you notice that? He threw his head down. Yes, he stiff armed him and threw his head into the turf. Well, don't be soft. Learn to tackle. Okay, so Patterson's not trying to argue that the concussion happened from the hit, right? The, no, he's the, insinuating. No, he's insinuating that it in fact did. Yeah. And, he's and then blaming. he played him. Like, does he not realize that puts him in legal jeopardy? <laughs> Is he an idiot? I, and I really, I almost dropped an F-bomb there. Like, well, the, like you the, are literally more responsible for the problem than Baker Mayfield is. The, the best part about Gary Patterson talking about player safety, and I tweeted it yesterday, is the fact that OU, the last three times OU has played TCU, TCU has had a player ejected for targeting. And they should have had people ejected for targeting on Joe Mixon. That's right. Remember that? Last year. Guy led with the crown of his helmet, and, and Mixon's helmet flew apart. Yeah. Like I, his ear bu- his, his uh, ear pads flew out of his helmet. I remember that. The, the, and go ahead, Josh. All three of the ejections were Mayfield-related, weren't they? Um, I don't think the I, kicking was No, the kicking Mayfield was the offensive lineman, yeah. November 11th. That's right, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was but, down on the ground, and he just kind of... I thought it was, it was a the BS last, The previous two years were, though. I right. know the one two years ago was, the, yeah, the 2015. Yeah, the Ty Summers one, and then Paul Whitmill yeah. was in 2016, and I believe that that was as well uh, some kind of targeting against Mayfield. So you've got two with Mayfield, one with Mixon, and the other one with Orlando Brown? Is uh, that right? I think it was Orlando or... It might have been Bobby Evans. I, okay. I really can't remember. And Pretty interesting targets. I'm just saying it's weird that those are the guys you got into it with. Oh, yeah. 
No, I, like, I don't think that there's any doubt. I, this is the thing, though. I said that it was lazy earlier, and I might back off of that a little bit. But at the end of the day, Gary Patterson, and I told Carrie this yesterday, Gary Patterson and Baker Mayfield, they're a lot alike. Yeah, they're, they're kind of they're the They're same. kind of the same person. They're both extremely competitive. They both say you know, kind of whatever they want to say. And they're always looking for that that little they want to edge, little they, edge. they want to chip on their shoulder. So like I I get it. OU fans are going to bitch about Gary Patterson. TCU fans are going to bitch about Baker, Baker Mayfield. Mayfield. It's it, it's kind of a, a a round circle. It it never ends. But at the same time, hell, at least people locally are talking about the Big 12 championship. We're not having to talk about what music's going to be played at Jerry World. <laughs> okay. Which is by the way one of the worst venues in sports. I'll say it. I don't think it's that great. Yeah. It, it's very for sterile. A, for a college game, it sucks. Yeah. It absolutely sucks. I've been to a pro game there. I mean, it's just okay. It's got a giant screen in the middle of it. Other than that, it doesn't do much for me. It's a shitty it's, place it's for made, a shitty franchise. It's made for the huge the, the right, um, corporate entities. It's not made for the everyday fan. Right. It's right. made so they can sell huge ticket packages to, you know... Shell or whoever else wants to buy out a box for millions of dollars per season. I mean that that's that's what that is, and that's why you get a crappy venue. That's why you get stuff like that because it's not made for the sixty thousand. It's made for the five thousand that fill up the boxes. Well, it, look, I mean the whole. What's amazing about this whole thing with with uh, Patterson and Mayfield is you're stirring up a hornet's nest that happened before the whole apology and suspension thing. So it's like, and and Lincoln Riley's already been asked about it. And he blamed TCU for going through their walkthrough or well, their warm-up. The other part of the Gary Patterson thing yesterday was classic, too, in that he's pretty much said, oh, they learned it from tech. It's yeah. a bunch of tech guys. Yeah. It's a bunch of tech guys. They know what they're doing. Because he doesn't want to, he's always careful like to not to rip on OU as a school. Yeah. Because, let's face it, TCU is lucky to be in this conference. Well, I, I, I just don't, like, it really doesn't bother me that much. It's like, yeah, Gary Patterson's kind of a bitch for bringing it up and still harping on it, but I, I well, you think know, and, and Mayfield it, would do the same thing if the other if it was reversed. You know, it forced me to go back and look at some of the stuff. You know, when Baker was at the college football playoff, he kind of, he kind of lobbed the first shot about TCU and, how they strung me out, you know, in recruiting, and I was gonna. I thought they were gonna offer me, and and that they lied to me and didn't give me one, and then I lost a chance to go to other places. And then Gary Patterson clapped back at him and said, "You ever met his dad? <laughs> his dad thinks he knows everything. Like totally, dad, he went for the throat. Yeah, totally, one. just went after Mayfield and his family, defending his program. So, and that was the first time. And it's just, it's been the." Uh, and I think that was, you know, that was after he went down there to try and steal signals. I mean, like these two just always find something to go at each other about. If Gary Patterson is doing this to motivate his team or to probably even worse, if he is doing this because he thinks he's going to rattle Baker Mayfield or get Baker Mayfield to two up or whatever, Carrie, I'm going to pull an Eddie, mark it. It's the dumbest f***ing thing I've ever seen. That's uh, Josh's first F-bomb, I think. I think that's right. I kind of went six to midnight. 
I don't know how people can't get this. A pissed off Baker Mayfield is worse for you, Kerry. You talked well, about pissed it before off Oklahoma. Bedlam. I mean, look at West Virginia. Look at uh, Baylor. Look at all these schools that try and get in fights with them before games. They never, it never pays off for them. It goes bad. Like I thought, the OSU guy that you quoted, and I can't remember who it was, Kerry. One of the blogs or something. It might have been pistols firing. That was like, don't agitate him. That's the right way to go. You want a calm, friendly, nice Baker Mayfield. The pissed off, I've got something to prove Baker Mayfield, goes horrible. Ask Ohio State how that goes. Like, that, I, 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 OU fans should be, like, wrapping themselves up in the Dallas, and all these press clippings from Gary Patterson and making sure Baker sees them right before kickoff on Saturday. Like, shove them in his face, because. Oh, he's got his wall. I mean, I can't imagine what's been written on his wall this week. (sighs) I mean, he, Baker doesn't even have to create it this week. It's there is, for him. That just thing is take probably it and go Florida, crazy. Florida ceiling, just a big list. Probably. You think it's like paper mache, like the things we did, like in like elementary. You know, it's all kind of glued down. There's he has so many people that he has, has had to write their name on the list that he's probably ta- overtaken Parish Cobb's old locker and just started writing in that one too. Well, now they've got he just stole Parish Cobb's now, locker. I see he what you is did there. as of, as of recording this podcast. This, the morning before we recorded it, Baker came out and defended his offensive line because they got left out of the top three in the Joe Moore offensive line, which I kinda think crazy. is really a crime. I mean, yeah, it's kind of crazy. When Auburn, and it was Auburn, Alabama, and who? Notre Dame. Notre Dame. Auburn? I missed this. No, yeah. Did they Auburn. lost the Clemson game? No, 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 no. I'm saying, oh, yeah, they did. They lost the, or no, Auburn got beat by Clemson because they gave up eight sacks to yeah. Jarrett oh. Stidham. Yeah. Auburn, Alabama, and Notre Dame are the finalists for the Joe Moore Award, which goes to, I guess, the best offensive best line offensive unit in the line country. Unit, yeah. Which, not to mention, Bill Beatembo, the coach of the position group, is up for the Broyles, the Broyles Award. Award yeah. But the the that that's like the perfect college football analogy or like deep look inside of when some stuff just never makes sense. When the position coach is up for the Assistant of the Year Award, but the actual position group isn't up for the position group of the year. Yeah, well, they don't—they're not all connected, so you can have idiots. Yeah, I—it's just—I don't know if you—if—if if your job is to know who has the best offensive line, and I don't think it's an overreaction to not know that Oklahoma is as good as they are, and the reason that Baker Mayfield is as good as he is is because of the offensive line. I—I just—I mean, to me, it's a no-brainer. You'd have to give it to Oklahoma. That. Alabama had problems running the ball this year. Alabama couldn't run the ball against Auburn last week. That was their whole problem. Guys, we're just lucky to be here that the SEC allows us to watch college football. God, OU really needs to win a national championship. The Big 12 really needs a national championship. I don't even know if it's going to help if OU wins it. Like, They'll just be like, oh, well, Big Oklahoma is so much better yeah, than everybody yeah, else. Yeah, Oklahoma, they're not really a Big 12 That's team. why they've won th- 25 of their last yeah. 26 against the Big 12. No one can beat them in the Big be. 12. They... They're, they're an SEC team that plays in that league. It's just like Ohio State from the Big Ten. Oh, the Big Ten doesn't get credit. It's just Ohio State happens to be good, and they kind of stand out from the rest of the Big Ten. Well, or didn't USC when, from the Pac-12. Doesn't help when Michigan State goes to the playoff and gets beat, what, like 38 gets, to nothing or whatever? Breaks beaten off of them. The Big Ten has not scored in the college football playoff in the last two years. Right? Yeah, Ohio State won the first one. Right, but the, the last two years, but 38 the, the nothing team that has represented nothing, the Big Ten hasn't scored. Right. Saw somebody Courtesy yesterday. of 
Well, one was Clemson and one was Alabama. Somebody said that uh, yesterday that Central Florida went from 0 and 11 to 11 and 0, and the amount of time that it's taken the Big Ten to score a <laughs> touchdown in the <laughs> college football playoff. That's pretty good. Uh, by the way, I just want to know. I just want to tell everyone out there listening. There have been no uh, sexual harassment uh, scandals at Sooner Scoop this week. Gosh, rest in peace, Matt Lauer. Boy, that's we have uh, we have officially started in a big group text with my buddies. We have a trying to figure out what it was. We have a, no, we have a sexual assault pool, a Deadpool, yeah, for sexual assault. Who's going to be next? Yeah, I have I I have a I have a couple good ones that I'm waiting on. I don't know if I want to jinx them, but one is it's a futures bet, and it will happen after she dies. <laughs> oh, it's a woman, huh? Yeah. I would say a prominent woman in politics, hmm. and may or may no, not see, that's have been the thing. a first lady. Sexual conduct doesn't stick to people Hillary in politics. Clinton. It doesn't. It doesn't stick. That's true. It's a, I think he'll, she may be asexual. I don't know that that's going to work. Well, no, I, I think that there is a very good chance that you, you know, know the first person that she, came to my she mind has probably come on a sorority girl that interned for that staff. <laughs> you know who uh, first came to my mind when you said that? Uh, local or national? National. Entertainment. Kelly Ripa. See her like uh, forcing dudes to like... No, I'd probably let it happen. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. I'm wondering Nobody's if that's very like, yeah, hopeful no one's, that that's she's out too there. Attractive. <laughs> it's it's going to have to be uh, somebody like a horse face or something. I'm just trying to think of somebody now. Somebody in in position of power. Yeah. I mean, it's gonna have to be like, it's gonna have to be like a game show guy next or something like Ooh, Drew Carey. Drew Carey, yeah. yeah. Oh, Bob Barker. What if we find out that Bob Barker might get in? There? Alex Trebek has been. Of course, he's hey. from Canada. Bob Barker didn't throw himself on anyone. Bob Barker just got it when he wanted it. So that's 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 different. No, Bob Barker. Together. No, Bob Barker paid people off. He's lost sexual assault suits. Oh, has he really? Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I, that, that really crushes me. He's already big... it's already happened. For no, him. go look it up. He's he's oh. had to pay hundreds of thousands of dollars to shut oh, people man. up. I, I I grew up with Bob Barr. That, that's that's a little disheartening for me. There. That's that's a that's a guy I thought was I thought he was the good. No, that was I saw K, I saw KFC uh, Barstool today tweet. If you think Bob Barker is not fleeing the country right now, you're 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 crazy. Happy Gilmore should have kicked his ass when he had the chance. <laughs> so, uh, no, but back to the you know the Big 12 coming up. I thought one of the interesting topics this week that was kind of bright, and, it, and I'm kind of writing about it right now, but you know Baker Mayfield was asked about the Heisman and kind of dealing with that. He's just on the cover of Sports Illustrated. I started reading that story. It's a very long story. Uh, the first part of it was good, you know, and it's a lot of information that you already know. There's some things in there that I saw kind of from his mom that was interesting. But he was asked this week about the Heisman and all the hype and how he deals with it, and uh, this was his answer. For, for me, it, it's, you know, yeah, obviously that would be something very special to me. I'm not going to downplay that and act like it's not a big deal. But I didn't come back here to win a Heisman. I came back to win a national title. So for me, the, the mindset is uh, I got to win against TCU, and then I got to win the next two games after that. Uh, and so well, whatever happens along the way, uh, I've said it, the good teams in the end of the year are going to have individual players get recognition. And um, we, like I said, I have a great supporting cast. I, 
none of that talk would be happening if I didn't have those people and my coaches. But uh, right now, it's not about the Heisman. It's about a national title. Uh, Josh, I don't know if you could hear that by the time we were done, if that came on for you. Uh, I guess we're back to Josh can't hear stuff again. That's just not awesome. Uh, but Baker Mayfield, you know, he's one guy that I really do believe that it's not going to affect him. Like, I, he's been to New York. He's been a finalist twice. He knows what that's all about. It's not overwhelming, I don't think, for him. He's up for every award that you could possibly be up for. And everybody's talking about how he's going to win. I think maybe if he were in a really close race, like if there were a, a quarterback for Clemson, like a Deshaun Watson, and nobody really knew who was going to win it, maybe he'd feel some pressure to play really. But he's so far ahead, I think he knows there's no game that he needs to put together to impress people. I think they've, as a whole, they've been in this situation. I mean, even going back to 2015 when they couldn't lose and had to win out to get into the playoffs for the first time. Uh, I mean, I guess it's a little bit different just in that the individual factor is there. He's, you know, definitely going to probably win the Heisman next Saturday uh, if, you know, unless something just drastically, I guess, terrible happens. But, you know, like it, five interceptions. Yeah, like I, I don't even know if he threw five interceptions. Would he would he still win it? Possibly. I, I just I don't think that, you know, and I also yeah, don't who think else that, is going to take it, though? I mean, yeah. Bryce Love would have to have like 400 yards or something against USC. Maybe like 500 yards. I really don't know. I'd like it. It is it is as wrapped up as it has been in a long time. And, you know, I, I think that the one of the things that you look at going into Saturday's game is just the fact that it is a rematch. I thought that it's been interesting hearing the players talk about that kind of stuff uh, throughout the week and just that it's it's a little different. I You know, I guess in a way, it, it kind of is like the, the, the first time around when TCU came to Norman is the fact that there hasn't been a whole lot of... Or am I just completely missing the the game aspect of this or, or, or too many people looking at, Oh, they beat him by 18 and Norman, or they're going to kick their ass again. Well, and that was the thing. It was like, uh, there was this, this, this thought process or this, you know, kind of narrative that was coming out of, of Fort Worth that, well, we did a really good job, you know, shutting them down in the second half. So once this game starts, we figured, we figured them out. We figured Baker Mayfield threw the ball five times in the second half. Yeah, I. That's about on average, right? <laughs> yeah, per possession. <laughs> well, here's Lincoln Riley talking about that matchup. Both teams are going to have a better feel for for each other's personnel. Um, uh, you, you will have you know prepped for each team multiple weeks now, so you know I don't think there'll be as many surprises. I mean, it's you still just got to you got to cut. It comes down to winning your individual battles and, and playing great team football, and uh, that's that's what it's going to take for for us to beat TCU. That's what it'll take for TCU to beat us. I mean, it's uh, it's it's two great teams going at it. Um, yeah, I don't I, whether it's good or bad. I guess that's all in how you make it. So. <laughs> Here's the thing, and this is what I thought yesterday. Like, we hear this all the time, guys. When an offense and a defense go through, like, fall camp, they always say this, like, advantage defense when you see each other every day. So I would say in this game, advantage defense for both teams. How much pressure, or I don't know if it's pressure, but how much, I guess, focus is put on Lincoln-Riley versus... Uh, Sonny Cumbie then, just as far as like the different tweaks that they're going to make to their offense, or 
Is OU rolling so well right now? Do they make very many adjustments? I, I really don't know. I, I'm not overthinking things. I mean, Oklahoma after, the, what was it? Were they, were they score five, four straight possessions, five straight possessions in that game? Like last week and, or in the uh, last time no, they I'm played? No, I'm sorry, oh, against TCU. Sorry. Yeah, I, this idea. It was thirty-eight that, to ten at halftime, right? Thirty-eight ten or th- was it? Yeah, yeah the final it, was thirty-eight twenty. Thirty-eight was thirty-eight seventeen. No, it was thirty-eight ten. I think because it was they. I know that I know for a fact they scored thirty-eight because that was the most points that TCU had given up all year in yeah, the first thirty-six half. to SMU or was yeah, the highest. SMU was yeah. the highest. And I think up. OSU scored thirty-two. Maybe 33, 33, something like that. It was a weird number. And in the first, first half, they're going to be without one of their better defenders and Nick Orr. like, yeah. I, I'm just not, I, and, and you know, Carrie, we talked about this for the first meeting. Like there are things I like about TCU. I don't feel like if OU goes out and plays their B plus game, I don't think TCU can beat them. I don't think OU has to be perfect to beat TCU. I, I think it is a very fortunate break for OU that TCU found a way to win last week. Uh, I just I, Oklahoma State—that's a scary thing for OU because they can go point for point with OU. Yeah, yeah. I don't think TCU can keep pace offensively, not with Kenny Hill. I just I don't. I because even if you want to say TCU stays in this game, it's the same argument I came back to last time. You get down to the fourth quarter, you got to have guys making plays. Look at Baker Mayfield and his playmakers. Who with who has, I mean, guys. Let's face it: the running back in the country that's playing the best football in the country right now is Rodney Anderson. As crazy as that is to say, it's weird. You can look at it by any measurement. He is. Re- I mean, he's he's as good as any back in the country over the last half of the season. It it is incredible just what he's been able to do. No, I they put it in the stat book this week. No player in the country that over the last three weeks has more touchdowns from scrimmage than Rodney Anderson, and I think he scored nine touchdowns. Josh, I, I distinctly remember DMing the group message, and I think it was in the first half of the K-State game, and I we were bitching about Rodney Anderson, and I think I remember saying something to the effect of giving Rodney Anderson carries right now is just a waste of a waste of a play. And then all of a sudden, he is now on a run that, I mean, it is very close to being a Joe Mix, Mix, Mixon-esque run. Just as far as when he touches the ball, you feel like he can almost score every time. Or at least pick up a really good amount of yards. I keep thinking this is like, this is a a blip. You know, like he's going to come back down to earth. He's going to look more like the guy that I recognize. I, I'm starting to have to face the fact this is who he is. He's really, really good. And out of high school, I didn't give him enough credit. And early in the year, I think anyone that says they saw this coming is full of shit like, yeah. there's no way oh and especially can... after the first couple games i mean exactly because he, he it, just didn't look like the same guy exactly and I, I mean and you have to honest like maybe we were all a little too harsh because it was taking him some time to get back to speed he hadn't really played in a game in two years like that's all understandable but even if you would have allowed for that i don't think you could have reasonably expected this is what you were going to get by the time of the big 12 championship game i found my final game packet uh oh it was 38-14 at halftime. Okay. And no one scored at all in the third quarter. So I mean, I'm just looking TCU scored 6 points on a pass with 10:44 left to go in the game. That was it. 
and Kenny Hill was still playing at that point. I mean, Sean Robinson came in and played one series, and that's another like <laughs> Gary Patterson worried about concussions. I think Kenny Hill missed. A, did he miss the next game or the next two games after that? He missed the Tech game, right? Yeah, he did. He sat out the Tech game, but he played against Baylor last week. And I'm just trying to look. I mean, like, five, like Baker Mayfield passed the ball 27 times in that game. Didn't he have? They ran it. He had damn near 300 yards at halftime, right? Yeah, I mean, he finished like 285 with, or something. Let me look at halftime stats because he had 27 for the game. And so I was trying to figure out if that's right if he threw it five times. Well, that the first TCU game, the first time around, that was kind of like the that was the Rodney Anderson coming out party. He had almost he had two hundred ninety nine yards at halftime, right? Okay, with three touchdowns. Uh, he threw the ball six times in the second half. He threw yeah. it twenty one times in the first half. And it was Rodney Anderson, which was kind of highlighted a little bit yesterday at practice. Just as far as Josh, have you been surprised how good? Rodney Anderson has been catching the ball. That has surprised me a little bit. Uh, Baker nailed it on the head a few weeks ago when he was like, yeah, they weren't throwing the ball to him a lot of the backfield at Katie. Like, for those <laughs> that don't know, Katie's running power ISO. Like, there, there's nothing complicated about what Katie does. And I bet you I would be shocked if in his entire high school career Rodney Anderson was targeted more than 15 times. And oh, this I- is a guy that played three years for a team that went to – I believe the state finals all three years of his high school career. So you're talking at least 48 games. Like I, think, I mean, you're talking a lot of football. I think he said something uh, at one of the post practices this year. Somebody asked him how many times he caught a ball in a game at uh, Katie, and he I I think Rodney even said I don't know. Kerry, were you standing over there? He I think he said like I don't know. I think like three or four times total. <laughs> I mean, that's just not what KD does. It's, it's kind of one of those things where, why the hell would you do it? They yeah. can just run it down everybody's throat. So, um, it, it's KD is like one of those outliers. They're just different from everybody else in Texas that want to throw it all over the field, like Lake Travis. So, you know, that. but yeah, it's, it's amazing to me how he's developed that catch. And going back to the TCU game, that throw that Baker hit him on, that he kind of leaped and he was turning his body around, that was a Joe Mixon catch. Yeah, like, that was a great catch. That you would, if he wouldn't have made that, you'd have been like, ah, that's 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 tough to do. You can't expect that of him. And then, you know, so it, it's it's amazing to me because I don't even know that you knew what his skill set in that regard was coming out of high school because you just didn't see it. See, they 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 ran the ball fifteen times in the first half. I mean, we were talking about well, TCU figured it out. They shut him down. They know what to do now going forward. They ran it 15 times in the first half. They finished the game. They ran it. I'm trying to think here, six and fifteen. They ran it 21 times and threw it six times in the. I mean, they shut it down. So I don't uh, want to hear I, all this. They figured it out in the second half. Yeah, I, I was talking to a buddy. I was like, they didn't hit the brakes. They turned the car off and got out. Like there, there was no. The OU was just waiting for the Big 12 championship game. I, they, there was no way. TCU just wasn't going to run up those kind of points that night. And you have to give OU's defense some credit. They did a really nice job with TCU that night. And the other thing to remember, coming into that game, TCU had Darius Anderson, who I think is their best back. And they're not going to have him on Saturday. Yeah, And that's a that's a big loss. That's a big, powerful guy that really turns out some yardage. He was, I mean, he killed Oklahoma State in Stillwater. He had 42 yards on seven carries and a touchdown before he got hurt. That 
the first quarter was rough uh, defensively, but after that, they figured it out. I, I, the two plays in particular were was the missed tackle in the hole on Robert Barnes. I think it ended up being like a 45-yard gain, and then uh, they got Oboe out in the flat, and uh, Kenny Hill made a really nice throw. And I think that was – was that the second play of the game maybe? I can't even remember. I'll just uh, say this. I mean, the one thing about OU – and the one thing, the one adva- the biggest advantage they have on pretty much everybody they play, but this is TCU in particular. TCU defensively, they win because they dominate more people with their defensive line than anybody else in the conference. But when they play Oklahoma, they lose that advantage. The Bamiga guy is fantastic until he comes up against Bobby Evans. Yeah, he's coming off of a uh, defensive player of the week, five sacks last week against Baylor. He can't do anything against Bobby Evans. I think say go back and watch that game. Bobby Evans owned him. Yeah. I mean, just all night. It was it, I don't even remember saying his name. Like I don't remember noticing him. He he Evans was awesome. I watched that him night. against Texas and t- he just destroyed Texas. Yeah. Oh, he's a good player. But and that's the thing I was talking to somebody and they're like, you know, and you kind of think about it like, well, what can TCU do? Oh, well, we'll shift him over to the other side. Oh, Orlando Brown, you feel like that's going to go real well? Like, there's no way for him to win. Like, he, he's – they're going to have to win with guys like Ross Blacklock and some of those guys inside that I think do have some talent. But like you said, Kerry, that goes from your defense is built around a we're going to win up front, we can win – we're going to beat everybody we're gonna in the league with four, those guys. Yeah, we're going to rush for, get pressure, and then, pl- you know, play good in the back end. Well – your back end can't hold up when you when the four that you usually rushing can't get there. And they blitzed, too, and they couldn't get there. I mean, they said exactly. five a lot. And that's another thing that didn't get enough credit. Eric Wren had a great night that night. I mean, they did really – TCU throws a lot of looks at you up front, and Oklahoma's blitz pickups were great all night. Now, they did lose Boson to – what that was – was that first half? Or was yeah, that right after uh, halftime? Woo-hoo. I think that was first was, half. I want yeah, to say it was late okay. first half. It, it was first half because uh, OU, it, I want to say it was on the drive. Uh, it was on the drive that they scored before the Rodney Anderson reception at the very end of the half. It was the second to last touchdown of the half. Well, here's the thing. And Lincoln Riley, I think he's fighting two things this week with his team, which is uh, one, you know, just, just, not listening to the hype or not not getting his players to think ahead to the college football playoff. The other thing is he knows that his team just dominated TCU offensively. And he I think he knows if they let down, TCU is good enough to embarrass them. Uh and he in in he was asked about TCU's defense and uh you know playing well and in, in, in the second half and things like that. And here's Lincoln Riley. I mean, these guys are really, really darn good on defense. I mean, I mean they are, and uh, it's a, it's a challenge. When we, you know, when we got on a run and scored some points here, you know, we played at a, you know, we, we did some things at a high level. We had some guys that made some outstanding individual plays. Uh, it was, but to sit there and think that it was easy or that it wasn't a challenge every snap is is just is just not right. It wasn't easy then. Uh, we had to earn everything that we did. I'm sure we went back and looked at it and said, hey, there's a lot of things we got to do better. Uh, I'm sure Coach Patterson did the same with his group. So look, it's it's going to be a battle. Um, I, I am very confident in our offense, but also, you know, I know how good these guys are defensively. They're tremendous. And, I mean, what he's saying is they're really good. We have to play really, really well 
in order to make plays on them. And he, I think he just doesn't want them to take it for granted that they did play that well. I've been fooled before. I've been fooled before many times, and I think I've said this many times. But perhaps this is the first time in a while that I can say it with full 100% confidence. That it, it feels like... I don't, I don't know, Carrie. It almost feels like this team has a bigger purpose right now, maturity-wise. Does that make sense? Or am I just buying way too much into the it, hype it, machine? All that seems like it until a team goes it, out and lays an egg. I've said it before, and I guess I have to remember about the Iowa State game. I laughed at the Iowa yeah, State pregame show. Yeah, you laughed at the show. pregame show. You were like, doesn't matter who they put at quarterback, they're going to get killed. Yeah, it's like, it, it just, I, I don't know. It, I've started to buy into the the idea that this team could win a national championship. And I think a lot of people have on the type of run that they're on. But at the same time, you still got to go down to Arlington. You still got to win. And I think it's going to be extremely tough. I, I think that the people that think that OU's just going to show up and win on Saturday couldn't be any wrong, more wrong. By the way, it's huge. You mentioned the Iowa State loss. I know people don't care about this. You should care. But it's huge for the conference that Iowa State re-signs him for six years. Shocking. I, I think it's shocking. It shows you that he likes the administration down there. He likes the direction. Yeah. And I, I, I think maybe it also says something about the other jobs that are open right now. Like, we were talking about this before practice yesterday. He's a god in Ames. Like, oh, yeah, there's no I doubt. Mean, if he took the Florida job or, uh, hell, even Mississippi State, that's not an easy job. That's not without... You know, it's it's demands and expectations. Well, all the schools that have job openings right now, they're usually in this position every five or six years. Yeah, It's just, and at some point, people are going to realize, and hopefully, I don't know about hopefully, but at some point they're going to realize it specifically in Austin that maybe the head coach isn't the problem. Or you th- think they'd figure that out at Texas A&M too. I just, I, I don't think that, unless... Unless they can come together at one of their cult meetings and and get on the same page, I, I don't think that they're ever going to figure it out. No, they've got too many. They've got too many hands in the cookie jar. Instead of yeah, Mormons, do, the do they have A and M fans come door to door in Houston, Josh? <laughs> I've never seen looking uh, to come a guy like Mormons, in, uh, like yeah. riding around on instead of bicycles, maybe it's like you know horses or something, uh, handing out newsletters from Dennis Francione days. <laughs> I forgot he did his own newsletter. So all so hail funny. RC Slocum. So weird. Hey, they're getting the the you know the white guy. I I you know the straight laced white really guy are. that, that I uh, predicted that they would. He <sighs> even has the southern drawl. I mean, like it really. I didn't He's thought got about the that. Annoying Carrie. southern drawl. A little prophetic from you. I'm under the impression that his ex wife is going around Tallahassee. There's got to be something. having sex with everything okay. that walks. That's why he wants to leave. Like she's just making life miserable for she, him. Yeah, she's basically well, being she's that, Greg Marshall's wife right now. If she's that crazy, she'll just move to College Station. God, I would ho- I hope that happens. That'd be hilarious. Here's the thing about that I don't get about Jimbo Fisher. Like He's recruited really well. And they suck because they lost a quarterback. I think that there was I, I didn't I can't say I watched a whole lot of Florida State, but there were a couple games specifically like I think that Boston College game, it was on a Thursday night. They got down fourteen nothing and just absolutely quit. Just quit. Yeah. I mean I remember they did that to Louisville t- last year. You see that out of Florida teams a lot, I feel like. 
if they get down early. It's like the Miami Because they're used to playing basketball on grass down there. Yeah. That's true. I think they just get run. Like a lot of those kids are used to growing up, and some days their teams just get run out of a building. It happens. Yeah. It's a mentality. I don't know. The, the coaching carousel, I can't remember it being as crazy as it has been. And maybe it's just because of social media. You know, we I feel got a, like we're very connected to everything. I got to say this. I got a lot of respect for Tennessee for shooting their shot. Just because they have no shame? Yeah. I, th- I mean, sometimes that works. Sounds like they're, uh, they're pretty close to getting uh, uh, Jeff Brom from Purdue. Which That wouldn't be a terrible hire. Your boy go to... Go home and coach Purdue for a couple years. Get get based again. Get his feet back underneath him. I don't know. I don't know what. I don't know how he'd feel about that. He'd always told me in the past. I think he can get a better job. Going home is overrated. Yeah, I think he can get. A, I mean, a much better job than Purdue. I told him to buy an island. He, he can. He has plenty <laughs> of money, or he's gonna have plenty of money in sixty days. What an awesome contract that was for Kevin. What, and what if ASU hires Herm Edwards? Just might as well just barb the Arizona State from. You don't ever. think there's any chance that Herm Edwards could have success? No. I mean, if he's going to keep the entire Todd Graham staff, which it, that that just, just signals, I have no idea what I'm doing. It's not. It's that that will not work out well. I feel bad for people that are at Arizona State right now. He has no idea how to put together a college staff. Absolutely, he's I mean, that far removed has he from ever, football. Has he ever coached college? I really don't know. I don't have his. I don't. Know. I have no idea. Wiki, it's your friend. Go look it up. Uh, okay, so one thing Lincoln Riley did talk about this week, I want to get into uh, spe- specifically with you, Josh. Uh, December twenty through the twenty second. That's when the early signing period is coming up. Of course, Oklahoma. Uh, I know there was the the Thibodeau stuff that was out there a little bit. Uh, is have any coaches gone out on the road, Josh? Any assists? I guess if somebody was going to go out, Thibodeau would be fine because you got two defensive line coaches. Yeah, Thibodeau's the only one that went out. I was told um, when he went and saw Ronnie Perkins on Sunday night and uh, Trey Brown the same night, that was going to be the only time OU hit the road until after TCU. They, they don't want there to be any doubt about focus or anything, and he was literally on the road probably for 12 hours and then came back, and they've they've just gone right back into game week. Uh, prep, but yeah. Uh, speaking of those two visits, I mean, obviously with Ronnie Perkins, everybody kind of maybe a thought, oh, that's kind of strange. Texas is still pushing Ronnie Perkins really, really hard. So Oklahoma is going to have to continue to recruit him, really, probably all the way until February, because you know I've said it on the podcast, and I know people have read some of his coach's comments on Twitter. His coach is adamantly against the early signing period. Yeah, I he, saw he, some of that. It's not a deal where he's going to tell Ronnie, you can't do this. It's not that kind of thing. It's just he strongly advises against it, and he's a guy that has done a lot for Ronnie, and Ronnie trusts him. So um, I think that's – and th- he's a high school coach that's involved with Ronnie every day. I think he's legitimately doing it because he thinks it's in the kid's best interest. I've got no problem with that. I know people would expect me to get up in arms. There's nothing bad about this. This is just a coach that doesn't feel – that that's the best thing for his kids. So he's a, and it's not just Ronnie. It's any kid that he coaches. He doesn't want them to sign early. So I, I think OU's just going to have to work there with Trey Brown. Obviously, it came right on the heels. I mean, Oklahoma. I, I haven't verified yet whether Oklahoma had this scheduled even before Kevin Sumlin was fired. 
But man, the timing of that worked out nicely. Where some, well, I mean, I'm sure the Brown family doesn't see it that way, but or the Sumlin family. Or the family. Sumlin family. <laughs> yeah. Um, you heartless bastard. <laughs> Sumlin gets fired, and within about six hours, uh, Calvin Thibodeau's in home with he and his mother and some of his teammates. Uh, I'm told it went well. I don't think that really. There, I don't expect Trey to do anything. Uh, to even just to go to as far as decommit at this point until he knows what's going to happen with their defensive line coach, Terry Price. When that gets settled, if, if Price stays, I don't think OU has any chance to flip Brown. If he is dismissed and Jimbo Fisher or whoever brings in their own defensive line coach, then I think OU has a chance. But, I, I mean, it, it's going to be very interesting because obviously A&M will immediately try to bring him back into the fold with whatever D-line coach is there. And obviously Alabama is also heavily involved. So there's a lot that could go on there. But the first domino that has to fall, in my opinion, for Oklahoma to have a chance is for Terry Price not to be part of that Aggie staff going forward. You know, one thing about Kevin Sumlin is he had great coaching contacts and he hired really good people. So I would think Jimbo Fisher will look at keeping a lot of those guys on. Oh, I mean... Of course, you have Chavis. If you have Chavis as your defensive coordinator, I mean... Who wouldn't want him to stay? You'd have to think. I mean, well, you know, and Jimbo and Chavis have the whole LSU connect. You would assume there's some there's some intermingling lines there where they can kind of get on the same page pretty quickly. Uh, I would be shocked if he got rid of Chavis. I mean, who's, you know, just flat out one of the best defensive coordinators in college football. Yeah, the thing you have to worry about is, does Chavis get an offer somewhere else? Sure, can't turn sure. Down before he can. Uh, well, I mean, you know, and people like could say, oh, you know, you look at what he has done in that defense in just a couple of years. Like A&M was atrocious defensively just a few years ago. And while they're not the cream of the crop, they are so much better tackling in space. You take that UCLA game out and you saw a lot of really good. They fought Alabama hard. They just didn't have any offense yeah. that night. Uh, here is, I want to talk a little bit more about the early signing day. Here's Lincoln Riley. Uh, he was asked about it as a press conference uh, on Monday. I think we'll sign quite a few. Uh, I don't know if I like it yet or not. Ask me in a few months. You know, it, it's uh, you know nobody really knows what's going to happen. I mean, honestly, there's a lot of guesses out there. But you know, are 20 percent of the players going to sign? Are 75 percent of the players going to sign? How do you handle the ones that don't sign? There's you know, even you know, you're having to make decisions even now on if, if a guy maybe academically is close, you don't have nearly as much info as you normally would when you sign him in February. So do you sign him now or wait? I mean, there's there's going to be some trial and error with it. And uh, we're trying to think of everything we can and prepare as much as we can. But it's going to be, it'll be a little bit of a moving target for a couple of years. And I doubt we'll actually have a real sense of is it positive for the game or negative until we get through a couple of them. Josh, what, what's what do you think worst case scenario is? What, what's the biggest problem you see in early signing period that that it could create for coaches, and not just you know coaches getting fired, you know between when they sign and and when they start playing, but just for schools individually, like what 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 do you think some of the hangups could be, or the things that could really hurt programs, even programs that are in good shape? Well, you know and. <laughs> As we've covered, and we this is going to happen because I'm almost certain I know what quote you used for Lincoln, but I assume it's him talking about the uh, – for those that haven't heard the lead-up to this, I can't hear the audio for some reason in this pod. Um, I assume it was him talking about uh, not having all the, the answers with grades and some of those problems. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
So that, that's an obvious one. And, you know, for those that don't understand, obviously in December, guys will take their finals, they'll go through things, and then Oklahoma will be able in February to know how they finished out their first semester of their senior year. And then you can get a pretty good projection on how likely that guy is to actually academically qualify when you have that in his ACT or his SAT or whatever he took. Uh, so you can kind of gauge it that way. But also, I mean, you get into a situation where you have so many times where a uh, guy's a great example, and it's one I bring up a lot, and it goes back a little ways, is Jeremy Beal. Guy went on to be an all-Big 12 defensive player of the year, and in October of his senior year, he was not a big recruit. He was not a well-known guy, and then really started to put together a big senior year, and everybody started to take notice. And this is a guy in North Dallas. I mean, there was tons of you know guys like me going around high school football games and it was very late in the game when people started to take notice of him so I think it also makes it harder for you to project guys maybe really see that senior tape that you want to see you've really got to go off three or four weeks and then start making some decisions I think where it also gets tricky is say we'll look at Oklahoma situation right now at safety where they've got guys like Josh Proctor Jaden Woodby um, and God, I'm going to forget somebody real obvious there. Uh, who am I believing out? There's somebody, uh, anyway, we'll go with Josh Proctor and Jaden Woodby because my mind is apparently getting a little foggy. Um, but y- you get into those guys and then you have a guy like CJ Smith in Florida who j- who's already taken his official visit listed Oklahoma in his top three, I think along with Missouri and Florida, which Missouri in the state of Florida is not going to win a recruiting battle against Oklahoma. Florida is replacing their head coach. And at the time he made that list, I'm not sure that Dan Mullen had even been, been announced as the, um, the new head coach. So, Leon O'Neill, sorry, Leon O'Neill, along with Josh Proctor and Jaden Woodby. So you've got those three guys. Well, do you go after CJ Smith, who you probably could get to sign on December 20th, or do you hold off on him? Let Missouri and Florida kind of start to continue to recruit him make it known to him that he's a priority, and then stay in the risk of losing out on Leon O'Neill, Josh Proctor, and Jaden Woodby. That's, I mean, that that's kind of the danger, <clears throat> excuse me, the danger zone, and even the possibility that C.J. Smith decides to sign with Florida or Missouri, because then you don't even have the chance to try to make the comeback. It's over. So I, I think that's where you run the risk, and it's it's not that there is a right answer to it. You've got to figure it out and it's all going to be from year to year. It's going to be different because your numbers are going to be different. The schools you're recruiting against are going to be different. Kids are going to feel differently. I mean, there are just so many moving pieces to this right now that I don't think there you could, I, I think it would be foolish to come up with a hard and fast plan because it's going to change. There's too many things you don't know yet. And so I think that Oklahoma's, I, I think they're doing a good job. They're just trying to get the guys in that they know they want to take. They're not going to push guys that are a little fringy for them, those kind of deals. So I think that's going to be the biggest deal is just trying to make the numbers fit and making sure, okay, we've locked down the guys that we feel good about and we're going to kind of see what happens with the rest and making sure you don't overplay your hand. I thought I was going to be a big fan of it. The closer it gets, I don't know <laughs> if the early signing period is going to go as – as everybody, as smoothly as everybody well, it's thought like, it was going it, okay, to. Okay, so Trader, Eddie, here's, a, here's a, <laughs> I, they, I still think they need something early, but I don't but know. But here's what's great about it. Like, 
Ohio State is going to be able to finally say, Josh Proctor, are you in or are you out? Are you going to sign with us on December 20th? I mean, like, they've already, he's already said he's not going to. But, I mean, that's the thing. It's like, why wouldn't he sign? If he's been committed to them for as long as he has, yeah. then Ohio State kind of knows where they stand. Yeah. If I'm Ohio State, you're. It's ridiculous for you. It's almost you. like a big red flag. I mean, yeah. I mean, you if you're Ohio State, you have to say, look, why aren't you signing with us? Like, why? What if if you've been committed to us for so long? What's wrong with signing? I mean, it really it's is. It's like it's 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 like committing in a relationship. I mean, yeah. It's like, look, are we going to be exclusive? Or are we still seeing other people? The cliche uh, shit off or get off the pot. Yeah. And I mean the same thing with Woodby. Yeah. Are are there any and I guess are are there any guys like that for Oklahoma, Josh? That they're gonna not necessarily put their hands to the fire, but I guess it is kind of everybody's feet are to the fire yeah. on this thing. If you're committed and you don't sign, you're not really committed. Yeah. Okay. Jalen Robinson has told me he will not sign. The uh, the four star receiver from uh, Fort Worth. Uh, oh God, I've been I've literally been to his game. It's amazing that I can't remember that. Uh, All, All Saints. Saints. Scott, sorry, small private school. Um, he has told me he will not sign. Now that was as of about two weeks ago, kind of before OU really started all that momentum with everybody announcing, "Hey, I'm signing, I'm signing." What's interesting is there were about seven or eight guys that did that, and then you've heard very little since. Then. Yeah, there wasn't a big. Yeah, so it wasn't uh, like everybody's all on board. So I would guess there's a few that won't sign. And and I would say this. I'm not singling out Jalen, but it's kind of what I just said. Be careful. It goes the other way for players, too. Don't overplay your hand. Don't think you're, I mean, don't get me wrong. If, let's say, TJ Pledger wants to wait, and TJ Pledger's going to enroll early, so it's a bad example. But just Bray Walker, there's a perfect example. Yeah. Bray Walker wants to wait. There is not a damn thing oh you can do about it. They're going to have to wait. You can't replace Bray Walker. Like you, guys like that don't you don't just Jalen Redmond. He's going to enroll early, but if he wasn't, you're just going to have to deal with it. But there are some guys in this class, and you need to be real careful because I may think you're a good player, but that doesn't mean there's not ten more that would be happy to come to a place like Oklahoma right now, or that maybe with all of our, with all of uh, as well as things are going for us. Maybe we could. Maybe we want to chase somebody better than you. Oh, exactly. I mean, and you know, hell, guys, we've talked about it. You know, we, I mentioned the safety situation a little bit. There's a lot of rumors right now with Deontay Anderson, the Ole Miss transfer in Oklahoma. Yeah, and uh, you know, so that that's one of those things too, where OU's not only having to weigh recruiting, they're having to weigh this guy that's telling a lot of people that OU is his first choice, and he's a former. Rivals 100 safety from the Houston area, major program in Manville. So I mean, there are there's a lot of stuff in play right now, and and don't think for a second Deontay Anderson's the only one. There, o- OU probably is more active in the transfer market than any major program in the country. I mean, and that's the other thing, kind of what I alluded to. It it gives it gives coaches a chance. Like let's say they've they've had a commit kid uh, kid I mean, like now OU's got what three 2020 commitments is it three now yeah. with rain yeah. yep yeah they got three 20 so these kids are going to play two more years in high school let's say they get down to an early signing day and maybe one of these kids is you know had some injuries or he hasn't played all that well but you don't want to be like a dick and not you know cut him loose and stuff like that son you you, you done got sucked i mean <laughs> 
you're not good anymore. So, I mean, it gives them a chance. It gives them an out, really, to say, look, if you don't want to sign with us early, we're going to move on. Yeah. Which is, and you can tell their coach, look, he's been, we've, we've been playing on him for two years. Uh, he's saying he, he doesn't want to sign on signing day. We either need him to sign or we're going to move on to something else. So it, it, would, it, it does kind of give you a, 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 a fake but a nice guy way, a, a fake nice guy way to maybe get out of loose. Yeah, cut somebody loose if you really don't feel like they're, they've lived up to their potential. It will get uh, interesting. Has, has the coaching process of firing and hiring been sped up because of, because of the early signing period, do you think? Like, are, are schools trying to scramble to get head coaches in place early? I mean, we're less than, less than 20 days, aren't we? Or, no, I guess a month. 21 days. 29th, yeah. Oh, I mean, I, yeah, I think definitely. I mean, I've never seen it like this before. It's crazy. Where somebody gets fired three days later. And I, I said that uh, Tennessee was close to getting Jeff Braum. It has just been reported that uh, they are nowhere close to uh, getting John Curry. Well, like, is Arkansas on a is really screwed right now too because they, they don't have no have, AD. Yeah, they don't have an. It's not good when you've hired two search firms, which search firms search firm season is the best season because I still don't know what they do. <laughs> they get a lot of money for nothing. Giving you a list that a lot of other people could give you. God, yeah, that I anybody in this podcast could have been like, hey, yeah, Jeff Brom's a good candidate. Oh, okay, thanks, man. We needed to know that. Yeah. Uh, I, I get it when they use them for vetting, but other than that, I don't understand. You guys I, uh, you guys want to go over some voicemails? Sure. I we've, think so. uh, we've put oh, out... I will say, while you're getting the voicemails ready, mm -hmm. uh, on the I was down on the sidelines on Saturday before the game. Just like the... The presence that Bray Walker and Daryl Simpson walk around with down there, it's like, oh my God, who are these two people? Like for the people that don't know, mm -hmm. like I, they walked by me and I turned to the guy I was talking to next to me. He's like, Jesus, who were those two guys? And I was like, they're seniors in high school. And he's like, that's unbelievable. I don't believe you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Bray Walker is massive. Like they can burgundy. be, they can be. I don't believe you. They can be seen from anywhere. I don't believe you. So, voicemails, we've had quite a few. Some good. Some triggered. Little this, little that. We'll start out with uh, Eddie's favorite, Gene from Sayre. Ooh, we got a return phone call. Return. Hey, Eddie, it's Gene down here from Sayre again. And I just wanted to tell you that Tommy Tuberville is a flat-running moron. Him not ranking OU in the top four is like ranking... Like uh, 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 Luke Bryan above Waylon Jennings. I mean, it's just bullshit. <laughs> and, and, and to be honest, hell, if I was that damn assistant coach down there at Tech, he slapped them headphones off my head, I'd have whooped his Ernest P. World-looking ass right there on the spot for the country to see. But Tommy Tuberville, I mean, the truth of the matter, he ought to just go down to hell and work for the devil. I completely forgot about Him the dumb f***ing idiot that is Tommy Tupperville. I completely forgot that he said the shit that he said earlier this week. That enraged me more than I think I've been enraged in a while. What, just the stuff about ranking the top four teams? Just when teams? he talks. I've gotten to the point I can't listen to the man talk. He sounds like a hayseed. I hate him. I hate Tommy Tupperville. We had a call from a guy who I think was trying to make a character or something. 
and he he got to where he was trying to give his location, and he just blanked. <laughs> I'll play this for you. Hi, uh, yeah, this is Kyle here on the northwest side of. <laughs> Get it together, Kyle. Uh, uh, I gotta play that again. Hi, uh, yeah, this is Kyle here on the northwest side of. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he he never he called sounds, back either. Like I was expecting. That was it? Yeah, I was expecting. He just he quit. He's like, uh, you gotta I can't do this. if you're gonna call into the hotline, you gotta have your you gotta have it all together. Have it written down or something. Have it jotted if you're going to go character. You know, go skit with it. Uh, I guys, I should tell you, and Carrie, you and I have talked off air about this. Everybody that listens, obviously, I laugh a lot on the podcast. I think it's kind of become one of my call signs. But I have a buddy that is literally working on going through all of our old podcasts oh, no. and collecting all of my laughs <laughs> into like a singular track. Oh, no, that is awesome. Bad. It's going to be so bad because my laugh is horrible to begin with. So it, it's 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 going to be pretty great. Um, <laughs> you know, you don't usually like listening to yourself talk or laugh. No. Uh, you, t- you mentioned if you got a, a bit or a character, uh, write it down. And I can tell that this guy just really wanted to uh, display his Bob Stoops impersonation for us. Hey, guys. Enjoy the pod. Uh, this is uh, Bob from Norman. Uh, anyway, just wanted to talk about uh, the fact that Oklahoma, uh, I'm not sure you guys may be aware, but Oklahoma has a big-time championship tradition. Uh, they've won uh, 10, 10 Big 12 championships. Uh, TCU, by the way, uh, hasn't won any, but uh, that's neither here nor there. But uh, I think the key to the, uh, to the game this weekend is going to be uh, Baker Mayfield, uh, I think he's going to grab one of those Big 12 trophies this week instead of, uh, you know, his man regions. So, uh, in the end, I think it's going to be a victorious uh, game for the Sooners. And, uh, okay. One listen, everybody knows the rules. What's your uh, Bob Stoops impersonation score there from 1 to 10? Two and a half. But I will say, (laughs) I thought it it was... The voice wasn't good, but I thought that the words the were pretty... The inflection, yeah. He was, was dead were, on. Those on were the, pretty dead yeah. on, on on things that he would say. And sidebar, if Bob wants to ever call, we will make room and time for him. Yeah, we definitely will. I, I, I'd i give it like a four, but I, I dead agree with both of you. The The tone wasn't any good, the, the voice itself, but like the message and the way he put his words together, very yeah, Bob-like. That, so yeah. that, that was good. If, if we he, could transcribe it, it, it. Did he get it in the end in there? I don't know if he had the in the end, but if we could transcribe it, it, it would look just like that. Would Bob. be like, yeah, Bob said that. Yeah, if we transcribed it and I read it, it would be a lot better. Do we have a Lincoln impersonator yet? Like, I mean, no. And I've been thinking, thinking a lot about like it. That? I've been thinking a lot about it. I don't think does he have phrases like that yet that are just like synonymous with Lincoln? He's yet? more of a the way he starts and finishes sentences. Okay. Like he doesn't really have phrases that he uses a lot. I think when he tries to, like when somebody asks a good question, he'll say, he'll like bring out yeah. And he'll kind of, that's like the, the, uh, it's kind of like the thing, like when somebody asks you something and you don't really know the answer on top of your head, you're like, oh, that's a good question to give you, give yourself time to think about it. Or at least that's what I do. No, Uh, no, I'm outing myself all day. And I, I feel like he said that's a good question more times this year than Bob probably said in his entire career. Oh, there's no doubt. Uh, 
There's but no I, doubt. Do you guys kind of feel like Lincoln genuinely means it some of the time? No, I, I think that he does. I When he says that, I think he does, yeah. I do. I or do, it's too. It's a question I, that he it hasn't thought about. Yeah. yeah, it's something he hasn't thought about, usually, I think. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, I'm just going to give people a little advice. Don't give yourself a nickname that has to do with bodily functions. It's just, it's just not cute. So here's this guy. Hey, man, this is your buddy old Firecracker Farts here, man, calling out of Arkansas. I just wanted to make it known that uh, something we should all be talking about is uh, this coaching carousel and whatnot. And we just praise Bobby Stoops, man, for stepping aside and letting that young gun Lincoln Riley come on come back. And uh, we're better off for him. And as far as this rematch with TCU goes, to hell with them sons of bitches. I tell you what, man, I hit them so hard like a freight liner. Come on. And uh, you guys just keep on keeping on. Josh, uh, good luck with the uh, kiddo coming on. I know you've got another rug rack. Man, you're going to have some estrogen in that household, boy. Uh, Eddie. Keep it real, man. Whenever my nephew teaches me how to tweeter, I'm going to get on there. I heard you as a rock star on the tweeter. And, uh, uh, Carrie, man, teach that boy Eddie how to eat some good food, man. I tell you, one of the be- you ought to take him down to the Iron Skillet over there at Truck Stops of America and get him one of them good 24-hour breakfasts come back. Y'all have a good one now, Scoops. Okay, so Eddie and I Scoops. both agree... That we don't think that's a bit. We think that's generally, genuinely a guy. I hope so, at least. And I like will. He's go, a trucker. I will go to the skillet place with you. I was fixing to say, was he? I felt very uh, Tommy boy. Are you calling from a walkie-talkie? <laughs> I think he's a trucker. I, maybe. I maybe. Hope, and that. I hope I we him. are number one in the uh, the trucking podcast demographic. I hope the Oklahoma, should be. I hope you get lit up on meth and listen to us. We should, we should maybe, you know, I've been thinking lately like merchandising ideas since we're trying to, you know, raise money for Bob so we can afford him. Seriously, people listening, guys, if you want Bob to stay with us, sign up. <laughs> we need you in. Uh, which, by the way, the uh, the ninety nine dollar promotion, uh, it's over now. By the time you're listening to this, but man, that was bonkers. Uh, one of the best promotions we've ever run. And I'm sure a lot of it had to do with Bob being on board now. Sure. But, uh, yeah, I can't thank you guys enough for signing up. And uh, we still need more, so tell your friends. And tell your friends. Tell your family. But maybe we should get mud flaps. Tell your ex-wife. Maybe we should have Sooner Scoop mud flaps. Oh, to put on trucks. Yeah. I thought you were talking about something if else. We're, if we're really, you know... <laughs> have to go to Urban Dictionary now? I don't know yes. if we want to. <laughs> Does that have to do with women in their... I would, yeah. Yeah, I, I would, can kind of see so. where that might lead us. Okay. Uh, so, yeah. I think it was genuine. I don't think that was a bit. That was good. We appreciate the call. Uh, this is a, more of a bit. Uh, this is Connor and Norman. Uh, all I want to say is Kirby Hoka is a f***ing beta male. Uh, that is all. That guy kind of sounds like Tex. Like, big Tex from Barstool. Oh, not my favorite person in the world. I'll be. It, it I'm, is I'm kind Connor. of a weird. I'll dude. be a Connor's for in. That, uh, was, that was a good call, though. I completely agree. I think Kirby Hocutt is a beta male. This one is very weird. Gary Patterson likes it when his fingers rip through the toilet paper. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. That wasn't like me cutting out a before after. That was the the entire voicemail. I'll play it one more time for you. Gary Patterson likes it when his fingers rip through the toilet paper. <laughs> 
I'm really sad that guy didn't leave a name and location because that might have been our first great call. That was that was pretty stellar. There was uh, there were a lot of I, and I like the hit and run. If you want, I mean, that's probably my favorite because look, I'm I'm I, I don't want to upset anybody. We appreciate everybody that calls into the hotline, but we're not playing three minute opinions about you know what's going on. It's just not going to happen. That's what they have me for. Yeah, we got to talk too. Like, leave leave those messages a, on the board and we'll talk. You about can them. get a podcast if you want to talk for three straight minutes. I'm just saying brevity is your friend. I said that last time. Uh, brevity like this. Yeah, this is Donald from Broken Arrow. Uh, F your couch on Twitter. And uh, Carrie, mark the time. F*** you, Joey Galloway. And that's it. Short and sweet. JoJo hasn't been too bad the last couple weeks. I I can't say that I watched uh, college football final on Apparently he said some stupid stuff last night. Oh, did he? During the playoff committee? Well, I think he said that that TCU dominated or figured out OU's offense in the second half. The only person... We talked about it earlier in the pod. The only person that would say something like that is somebody that didn't watch the game. So that kind of makes sense with And we've already covered it in the podcast, exactly what happens. Yeah, that, that would make sense, though, coming from somebody that... I can almost guarantee you didn't watch the second half of the OUTCU game when that halftime score was 38-14. to 14. There is yeah. no way that he watched that game. No. I mean, but why would you if it was 38-14? He's just but, repeating. Yeah, the only reason I did is because I was there. And yeah, you were there. <laughs> because whatever <laughs> he is, Joey Galloway knows football. Like, I mean, he may not know it to the level that he probably should for his chosen career, but, like, he knows he can watch a football game and know who had the better of it. And there's no way he watched the second half and thought, boy, OU's really laying it all out there and it's just not coming away for him. Like they're just not getting that going. I no. You, that, I mean, you get, you could say that in the first half against Ohio state when Ohio, OU just kept shooting themselves in the foot. Like, Oh, okay. You know, you had it going, but they didn't get anything done there, but that's just, he knows like he knows better he clearly didn't watch. Yeah. I think Eddie's exactly right. Okay, so we've talked a lot about you know the Gary Patterson Baker Mayfield thing. The the by the way, did we talk about how I don't understand how that Baker Mayfield ear holing thing didn't result in a brawl? Like how did that not turn into something with him standing there clapping the way that he did? I was them? I was standing there and didn't realize it happened until. Somebody reached out on Twitter. Do you think everybody else just didn't know what happened? The only thing I can think of is maybe that Nico Small kid thought it was a punt that hit him in the head. No, I I think that very much so that it was just a... Because people get hit all the time down there. There were balls literally flying everywhere during a pregame. They're just used to getting hit in the head by stuff. Kind I I wouldn't say like that, you know, like, like he was. But you definitely have to keep your head on a swivel or you will get hit. Yeah. So he's probably just used to that kind of. But the or thing concussed. is, the thing is, now all this stuff came out. I think you said the guy deleted, yeah, the video that he put out there. Yeah, he did. So people can't even watch it now. He did because I got, I because I was initially tagged in the tweet. I was getting these tweets yesterday from ESPN assignment desk, Fox assignment. Because he had responded to you. He didn't just put it out on his own. Right. He saw your video of right. Baker clapping, and right. you said this was right after he threw a football at somebody's head. Well, somebody in the some one of the first responses was, "Did you see what happened before that?" I was like, "No, I I have no idea what happened." And then, and then somebody the said, video. "Yeah, somebody said, uh, oh, he nailed a dude in the head before." 
I thought it was hilarious. I still think it's hilarious. And the uh, then the the Carter kid came in and he's the one that initially tweeted it and which is insane kind of in a way because I don't know who takes video of Baker Mayfield just from that high up. up. Yeah, yeah. Like, it, it just happened to get it. If there's 80,000 people in the stadium. Somebody's going to be just It's kind of like the JT, Mer- uh, JT Barrett thing. Somebody got him getting injured on the sidelines up in Ann Arbor. On, Somebody on did? Video. I didn't see well, it. Well, it's, it's very, like, he's just videotaping the stadium, like going did, back and okay, forth. Okay, I did see this. And then you, you see never him actually, hobbling. Yeah, you never actually see what They're happens. like slowing it down, trying to say, okay, can you see this person? Right, which is just like, I've, ne- I've never been to Ann Arbor, so I don't know how, like, there are stadiums, and Norman's one of them, that the sidelines are, are very bad. Like, it, not very bad, I just, very small. Yeah. Like, the players actually warm up before the game on the field. They don't have any room yeah. behind, the, behind the benches. So, I can see how it happened. I think it's kind of a conspiracy. It seems like an Urban Meyer type type deal, so <laughs> I don't know. It, it's kind of funny in a way. By the way, voice the the hotline number if you want to leave a message. It's four zero five nine two eight one seven two five. It's four zero five nine two eight one seven two five. Well, here's and here's my point because we're gonna get there as early as we can. Is there gonna be a fight before the game? I don't think so. Well, I I say that I. I don't think that there will be a brawl because Gary Patterson's teams, they don't get in fights in games, I guess. They're, you know, they're, <laughs> they're the, perfect. They're, they're, angels. The, they're the perfect uh, small private Christian school that you want them to be. So that I don't think that ever they're happens. Not like that team down south that he always talks about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, Gary Patterson, and I'll say it again. I, I, I think some of the actions that he's taken are kind of bitchy, but I like him. I think he's. Yeah, I like him. Too. I think it's good for college football to have this type of back and forth. I guess it's better than it's better than you know OU playing. Sorry, Iowa State. It's better than OU playing Iowa State where, in a game that I think OU probably would have won by three touchdowns. It was kind of interesting this week because you know Drew Smith got kicked out of the game. He's not out. He he'll be back for this one. Do you have the beat and bow audio? I don't. Because he had he had a great, I guess he said answer. I saw what happened to him, and I can't blame the guy for doing what he did. I mean, but we can't do that. We're all under the understanding that he got spit in the face. Is that I think so? Is yeah. that the because he they they didn't want to they clearly didn't want to come out and say anything. But if you read between the lines, I think that with all the re- I don't know if it's reports on Twitter, but. People have said that they thought he got spit in the face. I don't see what else it could be, unless he was sticking his finger in his eye. Yeah, or like grabbing his man region or something. Yeah, I really don't know. Well, his mom tweeted out after the game that that's what happened. Oh, okay. I, I she didn't said even something see that. along those lines, like she he'd been spit on or something. So, uh, yeah. So I made a lot of people happy during the game on that particular topic. So we'll we'll avoid that so the podcast doesn't get sullied as well. What did you say that it didn't happen? No, no, no! I didn't say that didn't happen. I, I said, I said it was something that OU couldn't afford to do. Like that, yeah. I, I get that West or West Virginia every year OU gets into this crap, and it always happens. West Virginia had nothing to lose by getting in there and getting into fights and starting all kinds of crap. And but like OU, as soon as they stopped responding to that, it was from that point on. Baker kind of grabbed everybody, said, "Stop! Just knock it off. Quit worrying about that stuff." And Baker, and from that point on, oh, you just ran away from West Virginia. Like, but as long as West Virginia could keep them doing that crap, they weren't as sharp. And then once they stopped, it was fine. And 
everybody's like, well, he's got a right to retaliate. No, he doesn't. That's why he got ejected. You don't get to do that. Like yeah. that, and it's you have something to lose. You have something to play for. And so that it's not that I don't understand. I understand the emotion of it. I get all that. But why? Oh, uh, you that if this team has any one weakness, it's to fall into that kind of crap. Yeah, they they can oh, get yeah. real chippy and get themselves in trouble. But it's also doesn't matter. It's also why they're good, though, too. That, I mean, yeah. It's true. No, no. You can't it's, have it's one a, without the other. point. Yep, you're and, right. And it's just like with Baker. It's like you don't have one without the other, but you also have to know where the line is. Yep. But every once in a while, you, you do overstep the line because you're living in that, you know, you're straddling that fence the entire time. Oh, yeah. When you live in the gray, I mean, sooner or later, you're going to go too far. I mean, that's just the way that goes. Just based off of... By the way, smiles and cries, Josh, really? Smiles and cries. I didn't even say anything about that headline, but that was the worst. Oh, you don't even. You loved it. From training day? Yes. I thought that that was a stupid line even in training day. <laughs> you manage your smiles line. and cries like it, it made no sense. Oh, that's not true. Smiller, he was talking about it. Not that quote or anything, but... He was talking about somebody being all smiles or something, and that's why I went with it. <laughs> Training, Day. So. Training Day is a great movie. It is a great movie, but that line, it's like, it's kind of like, Dad, you want to have a catch at the end of, of uh, Field of Dreams. It's like, it's just not <laughs> normal English. If wait. Denzel Washington wait, whoa, told me to smoke PCP, whoa. I would. Any yeah. dissing of have father, catch. son playing catch. Dad, do you want to have no son has, can't cross. No son has ever said, Dad, do you want to have a catch? Not from, not the planet I live on. Well, you're not from Iowa, so you wouldn't understand. People from Iowa are stupid, then. <laughs> Have a catch. Nobody says that. He doesn't mean that, Carol. You play catch. Yeah, I guess I just ripped on Bob and Carol. <laughs> but I guarantee you, Bob doesn't say... If we asked Bob, and we said, you, Have you ever gone to your son and said, Do you want to have a catch? No, you say, let's go play catch. Well, he's not from Iowa either. But yeah, I'm sure true. he's from, he's from Ohio. Oh, yeah, he not, he's Ohio. from Ohio. Carol is, though. So I just, yeah. Carol probably go, played catch with her softball with her dad. Cry she had a on, catch. Cry on another vacation if she wants to. Arkansas. Uh, <laughs> okay, this is what I was trying to get to, is Lincoln Riley talking about uh, all the physical crap that's been going on. I think it's something that... I think we got to look at. I do. Um, you know, Joe and I had a conversation about this. Um, not won't reveal the details of it, but I do think that there's there is a. We got to make sure that we're sending a strong enough message as far as the penalties um, to help reduce it. I mean, you know, look what they've done with targeting. You know, and I and again, there's as you guys know, there's plenty of that that I don't agree with. But this, the penalty is so severe, you don't see it happening very much as far as just an outright blatant, intentional. I mean, I would I would venture to say, and this this is you know maybe off the top of my head a little bit, but I bet 75 percent or more of the targeting calls this year are in some ways inadvertent. Um, there's not nearly as many malicious ones as you used to see because the penalty is so severe. You know, maybe you know. I think we got to. I think it's something we got to look at because it's not. It's not good for the game. At the end of the day, playing on an edge, all the physicality is a one of the is one of the best things about football. But but you know, the the fights. All, you know, guys leaving the bench. You know, our guy taking a swing the other day. Our guy did it too. You know, it's 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 definitely not good for the game. 
So, I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it is, I don't know, Eddie, do you think that it's more out of control than it's ever been? You're down there on the field. No, I, I definitely think it is, and it's just, it's trivial shit. Like, I, well, I don't know if it's trivial, but it's just, it's guys getting in the face of each other, talking but shit. all the time. Ev- after every play. Yeah, all and the then, time. And then one guy pushes one guy, then another guy pushes the other guy, and like, I almost, in a way, I, I hate sticking up for the referees, but they do a decent job of keeping everybody, you know, yeah. from killing each other. But like, I mean, when it's happening to, and you're playing KU, who's one in yeah. ten, yeah, that's a joke. Yeah, I it mean, is. Well, and I mean, and the guy up dancing, you know, and, and doing the na 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 stuff, like after Drew Samia gets kicked out yeah. of the game, like yeah. that dude, that dude should be ejected right along with him. I'm so. I mean, you're out too. No, I mean, yeah, you're being a jackass. Lamar Jackson assaulted somebody uh, on Saturday. He just, just like that was a straight up street fight. The, neither one of them threw any punches though. They just rolled around on the ground like a couple of bitches. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I don't know. Was it? There was a swing, wasn't there? Maybe. But it, it's in every level of football. High school. You see it in high school. You see it in college. Well, we started talking it's about it's even worse in the NFL. I mean, look at the Michael oh, Crabtree God, incident over the weekend. What a disaster! It's just like they should suspend both of those guys. That for was five literally. Games. I mean, that was just a level below the malice in the palace. Yeah, I mean, it was a. If it, it would have spilt out, into the stands, it would have been the same thing. Uh, so if it would have spilled into the fans, somebody would have got stabbed with that fan base. <laughs> somebody would have probably been injured severely. But Josh, it's like we talked about it. I've noticed this like three years ago. It's like when rivals would go down to Florida and they would have the one-on-ones like at, at rivals camps. Like those kids stand right up to each other, press coverage, and as soon as they come off the line, the other kid literally starts punching the other kid now. <laughs> like it, I mean slaps to the face, like open hand slaps. I mean You've always talked about that the Florida 7 on 7 or oh, the Florida one-on-ones from the rivals camp. Yeah, I mean Those guys literally that's a that's a street It brawl. literally is a fight as soon as the ball is snapped. I mean it's it's gotten out of control. Oh, oh, you know, and I'll talk to Rob Cassidy, our Florida guy. And he was like, you can always tell when a guy has been to Florida camps before and when he hasn't. Because he goes, it could be the best wide receiver in the country, a guy that legitimately is a great player. He'll come down here, and you'll see him after about five reps. He just starts moving toward the back of the line. Like, you don't see him coming up anymore. Because these guys, it's, it's just crazy down there. And you'll see it, you know, Eddie and I, when we went to the five-star in Indianapolis, and Eddie, or Carrie, I know you've been to a bunch of them through the years, you can see it with some of those guys. Like they're just wired different, and it's it, it is. But yeah, I I think what you're talking about. I, I think there's all this this extra stuff, and I think for so long, like you you talked about the guy waving, you know, nana nana or whatever. I don't give a crap about that. That that's like that's trash talk. I got no problem with any of that. But like the stuff after the whistle when guys are going to get hurt and those kind of things. I got no use for that. That's just if you'll just start ejecting guys as soon as you see that, like you're gone, you're gone, you're gone. That stuff will stop. It'll stop fast. Yeah. But referees, like Eddie said, it's a tough job because you're trying to catch the right guy, and almost always you're going to see the second guy. They're going to have to come up with some type of a like an NBA flagrant one, flagrant two thing, to where you start keeping track and and maybe even a technical foul system like the like. The you, NFL, you uses, do that, and it's the a slippery uses. slope because I just praised the uh, referees for how they've handled it. That will get out of control. 
It's it's because the NBA flavor. But let's say I mean you get you get like you get Orlando Brown, and he's gotten ten personal fouls throughout a season. You should have to sit out a game. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, and and that's a that's a very generous number. It probably should be like seven or five, even five would probably be five is enough. I mean, if this continues, you're going to have to do something because it's out of control. And the the problem is, OU's usually not the ones that are instigating this stuff. It's just like, I, the, Josh, the reason I'm so mad about that West Virginia guy celebrating is you're not celebrating a sack. You're not celebrating a tackle for a loss. You're not celebrating a turnover. You're celebrating the fact that you baited a guy into punching you so he would get kicked out of the game. That's not worth, That's not what should be celebrated. You're ruining the game. Well, and don't get me wrong, I agree with that, but it's like what Eddie just said. That's Then you're starting to get into intent. And that's re- like, okay, so when, you know, Baker Mayfield scores on a big play and he looks and he's doing the wave, you know, and that kind of thing, is he celebrating the touchdown or is he taunting the TCU sideline? Like, I, I, I don't know. To me, you've got to draw the line somewhere. And I don't care about it if it doesn't hurt anyone. But if you're running the risk of people getting hurt because people are taking late shots or throwing punches. I or... used to be a really big pussy named Josh. <laughs> wow. You know, I just, I, I, I don't want guys to get hurt. I, football's tough enough. You don't need to have stuff where a guy's going to take one in the knee after the whistle's blown. Like it, It's tough enough to get through a whole game without being hurt. Without that kind of shit. That so second daughter I, and all her boyfriends really toughened me up. I just think that there's been wow. so many teams that have now, I guess, gotten their ass kicked by OU that they just want to take a shot at, at the OU players. I don't get it. You, I, yeah, don't, I, mean, I don't see this in other games around the country or around the conference. I watch, I watch OSU as much as I can just because of my job. I don't see them getting into fights and people, you know, and ta- you know, wanting to fight them before games and... And I will say, like West Virginia, it was every other damn play. But I will say that I'm sure the OU doesn't. They're not the. They're, they're no not choir the, boys. Yeah, yeah, they're not the good. Exactly. They're not the the choir boys that I think everybody that that wants to believe either. I mean, they're but like Kansas started it with the handshake. Yeah, of course Baker started by ear holing the guy before the game even started. I I just did that, that against Kansas. Well, it, no, but I mean against TCU, he did. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, I mean that's part of it too. Baker's reputation has become so big that, I mean, it's hard to gauge what's bigger for him, his kind of the ego or the football player. Like, I mean, and I don't mean that as a diss to Baker. I just mean his reputation for, oh, he's hot and he's going to talk trash and the whole thing with, you know, Eddie at the Baylor game and all that came from that. Like, I think guys are just, like, they respond to him before they've even hit the field. You know, like you're sitting there thinking about, there are people that are like, after a fight, they're like, man, I should have done this, or I would have said this to him. I think there's guys before the game with Baker, like, I'm going to tell him this. You know, like, they're preparing statements about his girlfriend before they get out there. It's almost like, I don't, uh, I don't, it's. I don't think that he has a girlfriend anymore. Really? Oh. Breaking news. That's, Eddie, that's all. I'll just say. hasn't shown up on Instagram in a while. Just some sleuth work. I've, I've had some sources <laughs> that have indicated to me that uh, we might have a. A single man as he heads to the Heisman Trophy ceremony. Wow. That's very interesting. I wonder, I, surely Bob Stoops would go to the Heisman Trophy presentation. I don't know. I've always, 
I've never been up there for that, but I've always heard that it, that room is really small and it's really selective yeah. on who they yeah. like actually let into the the area. But I mean, he's got a, a mom, a dad, a brother, a coach, and Lincoln, another coach. Lincoln, his wife will be up there, I'm sure. Surely they'll let Bob in. I would think so. And it, it might be one of Bob those... Bob can't get invited is what you're saying? Oh, no, 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 not at all. I just I don't know if he'd want to be up there. He, Cuz he's Oh, I bet he would. You be. haven't seen him around very much, or at least I haven't. I I saw him after the he's he's been hanging out in the coach's box. Yeah, I really I haven't seen him. He's gotten comfortable enough to do that now. I don't know. Maybe he's uh, he'll probably already be recruiting for Tennessee by then. Everyone on the board's wondering where the podcast is. We're still recording, <laughs> which we're just about done. Which we are really done. I think. Uh, Big 12 championship coming up this weekend. Better chance. Anybody, of, uh, anybody, anybody picking the upset? Anybody feeling the upset? See, I've, I've, I've. It's a big game, so close. I have to do a staff pick. I've been close to, uh, to thinking that OU gets beat, but at the same time, I just, I don't know. I, maybe I've, I've done it to myself again. Maybe I've bought in too much, but it feels like this team is on a roll and headed in the direction of possibly something special. Well, your heart know. will be broken if this if this goes. Well, I'll blame south. it on somebody else. It won't be Baker's I ex. Need to, yeah, I need to figure out who I need to blame first. I wonder if they broke up before the Kansas game, and that's where know. the crotch grabbing incident happened. I don't know. Be interesting. I. That's really I just, awkward for us to talk about. That but, was a weird. Like that whole sentence is weird, Kerry. I think you're going to wish you had that one back. Yeah. Lack of cross-grabbing. There's, there's a lot of things that I wish I could take back. I mean, there's no way, right? There's no way they lose this weekend. I guess there is a way. What are we going to do in think, L.A. if we go out there? I don't know. Besides eat in and out Probably just... Because in and out is better. In between... It is better in, it, when, when you're in the home, you know, home area. Hang out with Blake at his house. He's Probably. not going to be doing anything, yeah. Maybe we can hang out with him. Go by the medicinal marijuana factory. <laughs> I don't know. I've never really been. To, I've never really been to to Los Angeles. Los Angeles. I've been to the only time I've been out to uh, L.A. was for that uh, rivals camp when I interviewed Bryce Youngquist at uh, and Caleb Kelly. It was the first time I oh, met Caleb right, Kelly. Yeah. Uh, but I was up in more of the Anaheim area, so I, I've never really been to L.A. To, uh, proper. Yeah. Like I've never driving been driving by Dodger Stadium and stuff. Never been to Chavez Ravine. Never been to uh, to any so of that. You've never stuff. been to Pasadena either. Mm-mm. No, I'd like to get out to Pasadena. I haven't done that. Uh, every time I'm out there, I'm I'm in Orange County. The OC mm-hmm. is this, so there is. I, we talked about this a little bit last night. Eighty-five percent chance it's Los Angeles if they're in the playoffs. Is that probably pretty? Well, here's the thing. No matter who is number one in these four, or even Alabama or Ohio State. Everybody wants New Orleans. Whoever's number one will get New Orleans because they get geographic proximity, whatever. Right. Wisconsin. Wisconsin would want to go to Pasadena. Just because it's the Rose Bowl and that's Big Ten. Well, that, but also because whoever they're playing is probably going to be geographically strong. Yeah, but they're they're closer to actually closer to New Orleans. So if they have no, I, to, I know they are, but they're not. They're still the advantage for that. The difference in the two venues to them is much smaller than it will be to their opponent. Yeah, 
that's the only team I would think would want to would flat out want to go to Pasadena. Here's what I think. Here's what I think. Probably best case scenario for OU. It's basically just what it is now, which is Clemson plays Wisconsin in the Sugar, and you go out to California to play Auburn, because Auburn is not. Their fan base is not Alabama's fan base. They're not even on Oklahoma's level. As, as far as traveling? Just as far as, you know, depth of fan base, basically. And Honestly, I think, I think Auburn's the last team you want to play right now. I agree. I just, You've got to beat everybody, though. I mean, right, you might right. as well get it open, rip well. the Band-Aid off. It just, <sighs> I, I don't know. I, Jarrett Steedham would have a heyday with this defense. And they've, they've played better, but at the same time, boy. Depends off carry on Johnson's healthy or not. Yeah, yeah, that changes them totally offensively. But I think uh, almost a month, he'll be fine. Miami's best wide receiver got carted off the practice field this morning. Clemson's going to crush them, I believe. I'd probably buy that. If you guys, their quarterback, I mean, is not I, good. I think obviously Wisconsin would be the the matchup that you would feel most confident. Oh, you would move on to the finals from. I don't know about that, four. Josh, because I mean they can run it, control the clock, take away possessions. There's some truth. Yeah, I mean physically, well, I mean, you're talking about three fight. really good teams. I mean, they all yeah. are going to present problems. Clemson might be the worst out of these four. See, I, that was going to be mine. I think Auburn is the last I would want to play. I think Clemson would be number two for me. You're saying I, I don't the, think Clemson's special. Okay. I think Clemson's getting by on a lot so of. So you're saying their if you had choice of of opponent, number of those four, number one would be Clemson, or number number one would be Wisconsin, number two would be Clemson, number three would be Auburn. Yep. I'd take Clemson first, then Wisconsin, then Auburn. It, throw Alabama into that. Oh, I'd put them first still. See, th- well, no, I, be, no, no, I'd, I'd put, I'd put, I'd put them between. I'd I'd say this. Okay. Auburn toughest. Yep. Second toughest Alabama. Third Wisconsin for Clemson. What if Miami I'd probably flip Alabama and Wisconsin. Who I don't know. No, no I wouldn't. Cuz Alabama's got more talent. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're right. You're right. I like that better. Plus their um, linebackers are going to be healthy by then. I'd flip Wisconsin and Clemson. I'm sorry. I, I, I there, there we go. Wisconsin's uh, tougher, you think, to beat than Clemson? Yeah. No, 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 no. I from your list, I would have oh, Clemson okay. ahead of Wisconsin. I just, I think they have more athletes. I, it's the same deal. Wisconsin's really good defensively. I, I don't buy that with a month to get ready. Anybody's keeping OU below thirty points. And while I think Wisconsin's great, uh, defensively. Offensively, do I think they can score that much at, at, at that kind of speed? I don't know. I don't know that I buy that. And I kind of like Hornybrook. I think he's one of the better quarterbacks they've had in that whole run since Barry Alvarez got there. But I, I, I don't know. I, I just, I don't know. I, I don't buy that their offense can keep pace. I still don't think they're going to beat Ohio State this weekend. I agree. We'll know a lot. I, yeah, I, I mean, the matter. Big Ten championship. If Ohio State beats them, then they're nothing. Because I don't think Ohio State's that good. I'm here for the nope. pissing match between Ohio State and Alabama. Fans, I don't think so. anybody in the Big Ten is that good. Wisconsin's the only one that has a chance, in my mind, to be good. If they go out and whip Ohio State, then I'll say, okay, they're a good sure. football team. Agreed. I mean, because that's a good Ohio State team. It's not a special Ohio State no, team. It's no. Not what's, great. what's the bitch fest going to be when uh, Ohio, it's between Ohio State and Alabama for the last spot? 
I don't want to be there for it. I, I oh, kind of do. I want to just be collecting tears of everybody. Because if you've if you've noticed, like, if you stuck up for Alabama this week, you you either work for the SEC network or you cover the SEC. How many of those people on the committee sit there and say, well, you know what? We gave Ohio State the break last year and they screwed us because they got beat 31 nothing. Probably none of them because they all have Alzheimer's. That's not funny. I think every person on that committee is an idiot. I think I'm going to delete that last comment from Eddie. I I don't even know if that ranks in the top 10 for Eddie. And I say that as someone who's had family members with Alzheimer's. Yeah, I have too. My grandmother did. Yeah. Uh, I, I well, I okay. Well, then I think that every person you can keep this in there. Every person <laughs> on that committee is a fucking idiot. <laughs> I get the mark mark it. I actually figured out how to hit the button to just mark things now. Ooh, I'm oh, getting, nice. I'm getting dumped on. No, you're not getting dumped. I just I I have marks where the f bombs are. Like now. I I don't understand how anybody in that committee. I I just I would love to know their their rationale on everything. And how they've made Kirby Hocutt into their big bitch. Their gimp. He's a gimp. Bring the gimp out. God. Guys, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. I don't care anymore. I mean, if, if OU is in the top four, that's all. That's, I mean, be you fine. When you, when you get in and it really doesn't matter. You get your chance yeah. to beat them all. That's true. And, you know, we, we talk about Auburn, but there's something to be said for Oklahoma just going out and taking care of whatever the SEC sent in the first game and being like, yep, and we're, you're not even getting to the finals. Now, I don't know that they would because, like I said, I think Auburn's a monumental challenge the way they're playing right now. Um, of course, if they don't go out and kill Ob- or Georgia again, we could probably sit and say that that was a fluke game. But but Georgia's quarterback just isn't – I mean, the Jake's from he's just not very yeah. good. I think that's no. I think that's gonna be a I pretty mean, good game. At least not yet. He's just a baby. He's yeah. not ready. It's gonna be a good game, right? SEC. I think every Big Twelve. I mean, every conference championship is gonna be pretty tight. Yeah, should be. It should be a good weekend of football. You're right. USC Stanford should be interesting. I mean, there, there's that's a lot of Friday good games because yeah. finally Stanford has settled on KJ Costello and all of a sudden they started winning games. It's not a coincidence. Yeah. I don't know what they were doing the first half of the season. I think it's going to be a dogfight, but I think Oklahoma wins. I think it'll be a much closer game than what we saw in Norman. Yeah. I think it'll it'll feel closer. No, I I think it'll be lower scoring. I mean, I think they might hold OU to 28. You say no, no, I don't think so. I just don't. I, uh, Guys, and I can't remember who was it that called the game last week, the West Virginia game. Uh, was it? No, it wasn't Clat. It was Greasy um, and uh... yeah, Greasy. And he he was talking, and he brought up a great. It was just one random play, but it's it's what Oklahoma is offensively right now with Baker doing what he can do and running the ball, Dimitri Flowers and his ability, the running game with Rodney Anderson, guys like Sedarian Lamb and Marquise Brown outside. There are plays that you can play perfectly, and OU's still going to beat you. Like there's just nothing. They're they're giving you too much to look at, and they've got too many athletes that are dangerous. And I I don't think I'd get a huge argument if I said Lincoln Riley might be the best play caller in college football. It's a. I was thinking about this. Well, like, don't tell that to the people that were carrying the Joe Moorhead spear last night. Jesus Christ! What was that? The Penn State offense coordinator. You would think that he's invented reinvented offense. Hmm. All the people after Mississippi State hired him last night. Oh, I mean, he's really good. Don't get me wrong, but uh, why? I mean, because somebody in the Big Ten actually plays offense. Yeah, I, it, he's largely squandered 
maybe the best running back ta- talent since Adrian Peterson. He's got a great tight end and a, and a quarterback that was much better a year ago. Yep. I don't know. I, I mean, don't I'm even not, know. I think he's good, but I, I'm I, not in I love mean, with some of these people. I mean, part of it's offensive line, but I, I, I think Riley's one of the better offensive play callers I've seen. Like the way yeah, he'll mix things amazing. up and come back, it's amazing. All right, guys, we got to get out of here. Uh, that'll do it for this edition of the Unofficial Forty. Uh, Big Twelve Championship coming up next week. We'll know exactly where Ho- OU is headed. Eleven a.m. I want to say Sunday morning is when the uh, selection show is, uh, and then uh, OU plays eleven thirty on Saturday. So uh, for Josh McQuistian, for Eddie Radosovich, I'm Kerry Murdoch, and we'll see you guys next time right back here on the Unofficial Forty on Soonerscoop.com. Podcasts from Soonerscoop.com.